gosh. Welcome back to the Black Tea Podcast. We're happy to be back, and I have to share with you the excitement, the excitement of being on location at uh, Moxie Restaurant in downtown Vacaville, California. This is the first of our on-location podcast presentation. We are going to be um, working today with Chef Shamar McDaniel, who's the head chef here at Moxie. And this has become one of our favorite places to visit, uh, even on the weekends. What's in my cup today is excitement to see what we're going to uh, be able to share with Chef Shamar today. Cheers, ladies. Cheers to the chef. Uh, What's in my cup is a wonderful glass of Camus wine, Paul, the walking pool, which I had the first time I came to Moxie's, and I love it. I loved it so much, I went there the other day and bought four bottles. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the rest of the presentation today. I'm looking forward to tasting the beef wellington we talked about earlier. in my cup besides this wonderful wine is um, that pork chop. <laughs> the pork chop was off the hook. You have to come here. I mean, you have to come here twice. It's super juicy. You serve it with the spice that we It's the diet for. It is. I'll take the drink to Cheers. The walking food. <laughs> and what's in my cup is also the walking pool. <laughs> However, I'm most excited to try the creme brulee dessert. I'm excited. I'm a dessert foodie before I am the mac and cheese foodie. I, mac and cheese I was excited about as well. But the creme brulee, I'm excited to try today. So I'm cheers, ladies. Cheers. 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 So we're just caramelizing the top of the creme brulee here. You get the sugar on there in a nice even layer. And you torch it, and it gets a nice little thin, so thin layer of crispy caramel on top. I can't I wait. Love I know. This is reminiscent when I first met my husband. He made me this dish. Yeah. Oh my God, those drinks feel so pretty. So these are the regular drinks today. Oh my God. And so these are the moms. Oh my God. Thanks. Okay. So these have the elderflower. So and like this. Yeah, and those are the regular. Yes, our um, lovely bartender. Our lovely bartender here who has delighted us with some additional treats here. We have the Monarch, which I understand is um, with an elderberry liqueur that's included in this. And the my favorite and Phyllis's favorite is the Empress 75, which uh, is a lavender gin, actually, um, the Empress gin. And the way that they chop it off and create this experience is just absolutely delightful. And you were telling us coming up in the month of April, I think you got a surprise choice for this beverage. Yes, so I was thinking of doing a, a, a version of this drink with a edible glitter for ladies night, which will be April 1st. The entire downtown will be hosting a, a, April, a ladies night. So, you know, grab your girls, come take a stroll down Main yes. Street. And make sure you stop at Moxie and try some of our decadent creations that I am about to show you guys. As well as our wonderful drinks like the Walking Pool, the Empress, the French 75. So, I toasted that. Yes. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. The famous wine. Famous wine. Walking Pool. This is really good. Yeah. This one of my favorite wine drinker. This I would drink. This is really good. It is. This is. I see why it became your favorite. Because it's not too dry. It's not no, too sweet. No, it's perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. It's it's good. Good. It pairs really well with steak. Yeah. 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 Or the pork chop. Or the pork oh, chop. Pork chop. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. Austin's here. Okay. 
Kefalatiri cheese, um, and we flame it table side for you, and it's um, the alcohol that we use is a, a uzo, it's a vodka. Cool, oh, nice, awesome. A little bit of the lemon, really kind of brings out the natural flavors of the cheeses. So let me know how you guys like it, enjoy it. Thank, 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Ooh, I can't wait to I can't wait to know. I'm excited. Thank you very much. Now the next thing I have for you guys to try here is the brown butter scallops. And it is one of my personal creations, probably one of my favorite things on the menu. Um, it's the celery root puree with uh, basted scallop. It's basted in uh, clarified butter. And we have the pear, which is roasted with ginger, mm. honey, brown sugar, and a little bit of coarse sea salt. And the, wow. there's an intensity microgreen on the top there. It's okay. so cute. I'm gonna cut this in It looks like a, mm -hmm. a top hat almost. Yeah, I'll talk to you. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this in here. share with you. It looks so pretty. It does. I hate to do that. I do too. What is it about cooking food and then when somebody cuts into it, you're like, oh. <laughs> Especially when the food is like, it's, when it's, so, it's so pretty. pretty. That's why I literally think food is like art sometimes. Yeah. Definitely, you know, this restaurant, the food is definitely present a lot about the presentation as well as the taste. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing I have yeah. um, noticed at Moxie's, and I love that. The presentation makes you just want to eat. That's the point. I did. Oh. Now, you say you get a lot of stuff from the um, local. Yeah, so the so the microgreens that are that these uh, are dressed with mm -hmm. are from Yahoo Farms here in Bacaville. And they have a um, farmer's market? I'm not sure. They, we we um, get them from our produce vendor. Oh, okay. Uh, however, I have got them in the grocery store before. Like, you can you can get them at your local Whole Foods, mm -hmm. Nugget, Sprouts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, really? That's good to know. Are they branded that they're Yahoo? Yeah, it's, it's Yahoo Farms. Okay. So I'm just trying to sell. So actually, the chocolate on here is more for presentation. Or, is, or should you eat the chocolate with the milk? Oh, and it's a balsamic glaze, and yeah, it does the flavor does play a, a part. Oh, that's what I thought as well. With some scallops, that is creative. Oh, yeah, that would be creative. But it's balsamic. <laughs> okay, I mean, gotcha. some Here some cocoa coffee scallops. So, mm. coffee and cocoa they go good with oh. with proteins. Very good. It's very good. Thank you. The other day when I was here, I saw this presentation. I, I wasn't sure what it was, but now I love this. I'm going to have to order it when I come. <laughs> scallops. Yeah, the brown butter Ooh. scallops is really popular. And the pear just it's perfect. adds an extra mm -hmm. little sweetness, but not too sweet. It's yeah, really it's a nice little balance. Right. It is gorgeous. So, oh, so how did you, when you first came and decided to create, when you go into making creations mm -hmm. that you're calling your own, Tell me what thoughts come into your mind. What what are you using that drives the force to create? Well, when I'm when I'm starting conceptually thinking about a new dish, um, I always try to consider the balance of flavors and like what what I want to go for, what I want to accomplish through through the dish. Mm -hmm. So with this dish, I wanted it to have a nice balance between the sweet as well as the savory. So you get that that good. That, that umami kind of natural flavor mm -hmm. from the, the celery root. Mm -hmm. But then it, the, you get this, the balance of the sweetness with the pear, pear and the, a little bit of bitterness with the ginger. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice balance. Mm -hmm. Basically, when, you, when I'm coming up with dishes, I try to think of the balance of salt, sweet, fat, bitter. Got it. And you kind of find it, have, have whatever ingredients that you're, that you're working with, finding a happy medium of, of the four between whatever it is that you're cooking. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like where my mind goes when I'm creating a dish. Got it. Yeah. When, where did you get your start? Well, I started um, 
My first professional job in the kitchen was in Napa. I was doing banquet, banquet style catering for uh, weddings and large, large parties and events um, at the Kennedy Golf Course in Napa. Mm -hmm. um, but even before I started working professionally in kitchens, I've always um, you know, been in the kitchen with family, um, watching my moms and my aunts and you know, learning the recipes that were passed down from my grandmother, from hers, and you know, just, just seeing, um, just seeing the way that food kind of like was such a key factor in our family and how much it, it helped us keep our family's history alive kind of created uh, a, like a sense of passion in cooking for me. And, um, and a legacy for the family. Exactly, yeah. Right? yeah. And, and it's, um, you know, recently I've, I've, it's become more of a way for me to like stay close to my mom and, and, and you know, feel, feel close to her. My mom passed in September of 2021, mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was kind of a sudden and unexpected thing. Um, and at the time, I was caregiving. But um, I, it was, I was just working with a lot of hospice patients, and that became, you know, too much of, it, took, it was taking too much of a mental toll on me. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get back into the kitchen. And I did, and... Um, Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I just kind of, I just kind of started hit the ground running and and worked my way up and and here I am. So I started at um, Charlie Palmer. I worked garmage there and I did that for a while, and then I Is got that Charlie Palmer in Napa. Or the one yes, there? Charlie Palmer okay. Steakhouse in Napa. Okay. They have they have one up in. Um, they have yeah. Yeah. No. So the one in Napa, and then. Um, I would always go to this other restaurant on my lunch breaks, and when I was there, the uh, the, one, the owner offered me, you know, a position as a sous chef. So then I got my first leadership role in the kitchen as a sous chef, um, and I did that, working breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, six days a week. It was a pretty grueling process. I was working 12 to 16-hour days most of the time, and mm -hmm. you know, it was a lot of of just head down. Mm -hmm in the kitchen hard work, you know. I'm very thankful for those experiences and the knowledge that I gained, you know, being able to, to work with, with the people that I was able to work with and um, my chef at Charlie Palmer, he really taught me a lot about, you know, not only just cooking in general, but just like the passion behind like, you know, we're not just here to serve food, like we're here to, to make people happy, you know what I'm saying, and, and give people that experience. So working there kind of like, opened that door for me to like, you know, like the world of like being a chef and, and, and being inspired by, you know, culinary creations and things like that. So, um, You're definitely inspired. Yes. Thank you. you. Know it's delicious. It is really good. And I'll let you, I'll let you guys snack on this while I, while I finish my story. Okay. This is our spinach dip. That's going to be on the new menu starting April 1st. Okay. It has uh, spinach, artichoke hearts. I have some serrano pepper in there, mozzarella cheese, Parmesan cheese, a little bit of cream cheese, and ricotta. Ricotta, what's ricotta? Ricotta cheese. Ricotta. Ricotta, ricotta. cheese? Yeah. Uh, ricotta. ricotta. But it ricotta. sounds like ricotta. cooking. Yeah. It sounds like cooking's also kind of a form of therapy for you, too. For sure. I definitely, yeah. most days, most days, you know, if I'm having a rough one, I just come leave it in the kitchen, you know? Like, oh, that's a good awesome. way to, that's a and, nice way to handle things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely become an outlet for me and kind of like a safe space, you know, because when I was going through the rough, that, that time, you know, when I was working in the kitchen at Charlie Palmer right after my mom passed, you know, it was a really difficult time for me. Like it was just, I grew up, my mom was a single mother. It was just my mom, my sister and I, and you know, she was all I ever really like knew and had. And it was just like, everything was so, was, was different. It was like my life did a complete 180. Like, you know, I was living with her. Like I had to figure out what I was gonna do. Like I just really had like, I was just forced overnight into like womanhood. You know, I just had to figure it out. And, and the kitchen kind of like, gave me the space to be like hey like i could i could i could do this you know what i'm saying and 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 it's something that like would not necessarily be a distraction because it was a distraction but it was a it was a healthy distraction yeah. and it was something that like i could look forward to and something that you know was, was taking me out of that that negative space that i was in the, well, in at the, the time wings. she was the the wind beneath your wings right, right exactly and so without her it was just kind of like
now a long period yeah. where I just felt really lost and confused and and angry and everything, you know, but but I just I just her guardian angel has been guiding you sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Question I have I have for you. So how did you get started at Moxie? I got my start at Moxie as a, I started here as a sous chef. I was working as a sous chef in Napa and the commute just became too much. So I started um, looking for a job that was closer to home and I found the job here at Moxie. And I started as a sous chef and I worked my way up to, to the head chef and kitchen manager and I've been running the kitchen here for, since October, wow. so. So I, you're definitely your guardian angel is looking over you. Yeah. Another question I have about that, where do you see yourself you know, five years down the road you know, in terms of your um, I definitely see myself still in the kitchen. Um, I want I want to transition more into into private dining and and kind of like getting back to like how I got my start in this and like you know larger parties and weddings and things like that. Getting more into like the catering aspect. When you're at Moxie, is that something that a service that you would provide if we wanted to do parties here? Or yes, yes. Or here at Moxie, we do we do host um, events. We do large parties, we do um, banquets. I had a bachelorette party not long ago. Um, we, do, we have a retirement ceremony for an Air Force commander that's coming up uh, this month. We do all kinds of large parties and we also have the speakeasy downstairs where we do the dueling pianos. Um, and that show is, is sold out most weekends. Wow. It, it, um, so the dueling piano concept um, is something that not a lot of that you don't really find an, anywhere else in Solano County. So tell it's, us more about that show. What does that mean? Dueling so the piano? dueling pianos basically is there's we have two pianists that come in, mm -hmm. and people pay um, and people give mm -hmm. tips and make song requests, and the pianists go back and forth and um, play people's song requests. And the show goes from nine o'clock to midnight. They have a bar down there. There's like little props, fun stuff for, for people to play with, like boas and hats, and the ladies all get up and dance, and wow. yeah. So this is this has this theme of what the twenties. Yes. Yeah, so the the, the theme of our restaurant is um, a older post-prohibition kind of theme. So Moxie, um, basically the word Moxie um, is another word for like grit or you know, when people say you got moxie, it's like, you know, you got, you got the, the, the will, the, the strength to, to, you know, to get it done. So, so I, I, I that's one of the main things that kind of initially drew me to this place was I was like, moxie, like, that, that's right up my alley, you know, because I, I got moxie. So, did you, did you grow up in New, were you born in New Orleans? No, I, I have, I have family in New Orleans. My grandmother, um, my, my grandmother on my father's side. Or his grandmother lives in Louisiana, okay. um, and 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 my my father took me there to visit her. So I've I've been I've been and met my family out there and, and stuff. Uh, most of my family is from Texas, though. Texas. Yeah, I was born in Fort Worth myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, are there any other chefs in your family? Um, no, I'm actually the only one. There's a lot of good cooks. I'm I'm the only professional chef in the family, but all of my family. We throw down. Yeah. My my mom's side, my dad's side, everybody can cook. So I was gonna comment on um, the spinach. It has a little kick to it. I was I love like, it. what what did you put? Yeah, it's like a typical stick. So the little kick is a serrano pepper. There it is. I was like, oh, like all of a sudden I was eating and I was like, oh, I looked at her. I was like, I'm awake now. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you typically see no, in a in a spinach and artichoke dip. Yeah. I wanted to kind of give it my own little spin. So how often do you come up with, with new ideas? Do these ideas like like singers say, you know, they get these words that just come in, in their head and they just, yeah. they just have to write it down because yeah. it comes, comes. Yeah, I have that all the time, like where I'm just, I'll just be randomly sitting there working or, or at home watching movies with my boyfriend or whatever and an idea will come to my head, I like instantly have to write it down. Yeah. Because if That's I, if I, for, cool. yeah, so, so I, 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 you know, I'm constantly working on menu development. I'm constantly coming up with new ideas, mm -hmm. thinking of new things to try, you it's know. It's just so nice. I mean, you're just so young. Yeah. 
and I just turned 26. Oh, wow. wow. You're doing, you're doing well. Really good. So Thank proud you. of you. So Indeed, and what? Yes. <laughs> That's where she was at. That's where <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It just makes sense. Well, when we I'm first sure. came here, our first trip here, our visit here, uh, a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you walked by and you were just so nice and cordial to people and just speaking to everybody, talking, you know, to all the customers. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't know who you were. We didn't know you were the chef until you came back and said, well, I'm, I'm the chef. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Mean, you cook all this fabulous food. It was just, that's what we've been back every Friday. This yeah. is the hang. I can't take all the credit. You know, my team works hard. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. Very, they they all um, are incredible cool. assets to to the team. So. Yeah. They. Um, I just I'm working with um, a, my new sous chef is a, a chef Adam Resler. Okay. So he's he's pretty well known around the Solano County County area. He's won won a lot of awards uh -huh. and he's got some amazing ideas and recipes and. He's been a great asset to our team as far as, you know, helping with the new menu and, you know, getting getting things in, in order back in the, in the kitchen just on a regular night. So I'm really appreciative of, you know, the people that I have on my team and and what we've been able to accomplish together. That's what makes it work. We yeah. People that you can you know, rely on. Yeah, exactly. Good ideas. Yeah. And, but, uh, and can cook. Mm -hmm. But it's also mm -hmm. just the fact that you're a good leader because they cook it like you. <laughs> so. Right. Well, I, I always admire the service because because we do hang out here every a week. Um, what I've noticed that I've become accustomed to the staff, you know, Francesca and Austin. Yeah. I mean, and Jason, the owner. I mean, they do. I brought my parents here. I brought my friends here you know, um, family members, that kind of thing. And we love it. And it's such, uh, I, we didn't know about you, and that's really the purpose of the Black Tea Podcast. Yeah. Is to bring highlights to the talents that we have in our local community. Mm -hmm. But also, um, we're very proud of you as the queen that you have become. Um, even as a princess, you were under tutelage of other queens mm -hmm. that may have gone before you, but you're carrying that legacy on. Mm -hmm. And um, sharing it with the community was one of the big things to me that resonated with the reason I started to come back here. And we want you to know that every place we go, we're talking moxie, moxie, have you heard, have you been here? Now, ordinarily, we film at the Daily Desk. Yeah. And you don't even know where that is. And Deb and I came in here a couple of weeks ago. And who was sitting here? The owner of the Daily Desk. <laughs> and so we shared with him that um, his name is Sean. And we shared with him and met his lovely wife. And they were enjoying it. And so it's just become this special place to come on Fridays. And so I want to thank you for all that you do. Um, I appreciate that. And for Vacaville, um, for a place to go to eat mm -hmm. and and to appreciate the culinary experiences that you bring to our community. So we commend you. Yes, thank, thank you. you thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's awesome. So, All right. How about we try some more food? Oh, Sounds good. good. <laughs> Great. Mm. All right. What do we have here? Now we here we have... Ooh. Okay. Uh, medium rare New York, and I have the bone in pork chop, long bone pork chop here, and the star of the show, everyone's favorite, wow. the wow. beef Wellington. Wow. Wow. wow, a little bit of garnish. Well, lucky I still eat beef. Where's the beef? I love beef. And I got a couple sides for you: a mac and cheese and asparagus. Thank you. Wow, wow. Thank you so much. Amazing. Okay. And I know you have mentioned in the before, like the beef Wellington, that's one of your best sellers. Yeah, so the beef Wellington is super popular. Um, people come here just specifically to try the beef Wellington a lot of the time. Wow. Um, I've had four people now tell me that ours is better than Health Kitchen, so. Wow. <laughs> that's an accomplishment. Right. Yeah, so. Accomplishment. <laughs> so people, people really like it. It's a, it's a um, tenderloin. Uh, wrapped with uh, mushroom duck cell, prosciutto, and the puff pastry. Ooh. And the 
the piece of meat is a, a light layer of uh, Dijon mustard. Wow. We and got then to it's cut that. it's That's paired good. it's paired with a creamy Dijon mustard sauce and mm -hmm. some broccolini. Yeah, it. it does. And what is the appropriate way to to cut the Wellington? To cut it here. Let me let me, let me cut it. For yes. You. Let me get you guys a knife. <laughs> let me okay. Okay. Here we go. This is the official way. So we cut it in half. You can cut it in half, you can cut it in slivers. It really honestly depends who you're eating it with. Right. Okay. If you're sharing you it or if you're eating yourself. it yourself. You cut it however you like. Wow. Wow. How's that? I was going to ask you something. You mentioned that this is long, a long bone yes. pork chop. But you also have the tomahawk. Yes, we have the mix. we have the tomahawk. So it's a 42 ounce. Um, Bone-in tomahawk, mm -hmm. yes, long bone. It's a beautiful cut of meat. Do no. people normally share that? You know, the tomahawk? Yeah, typically. Okay. I actually have had a few gentlemen come in and, and eat it themselves. <laughs> but it's not uncommon if I can't eat someone. the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised. Some real meat eaters. He was, a, he was a large man. But meat eaters. Yes, really, for sure. You know, sure. that love steaks. I, I love sick. That's a lot of meat, isn't it? I just yeah. want to ask. The tomahawk, the tomahawk I typically see people get on date night. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So do, do you think that the long bone, what is the reason for leaving the bone in? I'm going to pass you the asparagus because I know that you, as a Janelle's vegan. Okay. Vegetarian. Vegetarian, so she probably. But it does look. Do you want to try this? Who? You. No. Okay. I'll pass this we'll one. We'll eat this one. Get, yeah. get you some mac yeah. and cheese. Yeah, right. yeah I'll, I'll get some mac and cheese. Like, let's make sure we get a whole coverage of the table. And okay. Everybody has that. I'm ready. That pork chop is so good. Yeah. It is. Thank you. Yeah. It's so well, juicy. It's yeah. Oh, I brought my parents here twice, and my dad had that both times. The yeah. pork chop? The yes. It was like, okay, we're going to try this. And then it was like, when we came back, it was the same thing. Yeah. I want the pork chop. Oh, uh, excuse me, Chef Shamar. Are these the pears on top of the pork? No, so that is actually a spiced apple chutney. Oh. So that is a Granny Smith apple with um, some white onion, golden raisin, and I saute it with a little salt, pepper, mustard, and um, ginger. Oh, Laying on top of the pork mm -hmm. It's delicious. It is. Mm -hmm. Let me pull that over there closer to you. Oh, my God. I'm going to try some of this on here. This goes on the Wellington. A little bit of the sauce. Bill, are you getting all of this? It, it's amazing. <laughs> a lot of clanking and some of the Wellington goes here. Yeah. I hope these women don't eat all this food because I, I need some of it. You don't need all this. This food is so plentiful. If you're not thinking that, I'm telling it. I'm telling you anyway. I would love so <laughs> Now, what kind of what kind of meat is in the Wellington? That is uh, the same. It's a tenderloin. Tenderloin. It is yeah. very tender. Now you could ask anybody. I'm very judgy about mac and cheese because I don't believe nobody can make mac and cheese better than me. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Really? <laughs> I'm gonna have to taste that. Cause I took How many my... different cheeses do you use? Um. So. For this one, for cost purposes, I try to keep it around. I use a sharp cheddar and a pepper jack. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Those are the best ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. those are the most important those cheeses are the most when ones. it comes to a Mac. So when I make one, I use like five. Different yeah, if, if I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna make it for like Thanksgiving yeah. or I holiday, we're not doing oh. contests. We're like, who's gonna make the best mac and cheese? Let's find out. Y'all don't want me in that contest. But, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the I'll hardest thing to make to me. See, like yeah. it's the hardest really? because people, my my I have, mom. I have not tasted too many mac and cheese that I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My mom's was always the one that was that everyone was like, "Oh, your mom makes the best mac and cheese." My mom is too. your mom making the mac and cheese? Yeah, my mom. <laughs> it's like a family. Thing yeah. So, so for me, it was like I had to to perfect a mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to be able to make it just as good as her. Delicious. So, I make Patty LaBelle's mac and cheese. I'm gonna have to okay. Pop. Patty LaBelle got a good recipe. Yeah, she do. Patty LaBelle got some good recipe. I like her peach cobbler too. You gotta try that. Peach cobbler. And a sweet potato pie. Oh, yeah. So good. It is so good. 
I love the meat. It's just so tender. All the meat have been so tender. I do appreciate that when I do come here, like I could always find something on the menu to eat, regardless yeah. of whether or not you're vegan or vegetarian. There's gonna be something you could eat. And uh, also with our new menu, yeah. with our new menu, I am bringing on some more options for for vegan and vegetarian people. Mm. Yeah. 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 So. so yeah, there is. And, you know, they typically wouldn't come to a steakhouse, but, you know, if we have some options for you, you can, you can, you and your meat eater friends can all hang out together and, and everybody can get something. Everybody's happy. Well, I'm going to have to bring my granddaughter here. She loves mac and cheese for the most part. We went to a restaurant the other day after grandparents stay at her school. And I told her I was taking her to a fancy restaurant. So we went. I'm not going to name the restaurant, but however, their mac and cheese is more. It, I don't think it wasn't made with cheddar cheese. She ate it though, most of it. We took it home after, but this is really good. She'll love this one. I'll yeah. take the pork chop down here her. for you. Janelle, did you get some? Um, yeah, this this mac and cheese is screaming. Oh, I didn't even get to try the broccoli. Yeah. Oh. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. That mac and cheese. It's Jay-Z's. I told you. <laughs> it's real. I was like, all that. Yeah. I don't, you could ask anybody. Even when I go to any restaurant, I'm usually leery. I'm like, I'm not ordering it because I know yeah. it's not going to taste as good. No this point. Is, this is yeah. This is amazing. I tasted in terms of gourmet mac and cheese. Thank you. Know, you. you have your basic mac and cheese, and then you have gourmet. Gourmet. Definitely gourmet, gourmet. gourmet. I would have came here that day. But you guys weren't open for lunch yet. Yeah. I found a place downtown here for lunch because my daughter, granddaughter goes to school in Vacaville. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. But yeah, we have a, we have a, I think we have a pretty high demand for lunch and lunch and brunch. So I'm really excited to, to get things started and see, see the people's reaction. So. I think you will do really, really well. well. And because, you know, part, I, when I pulled up here, I was shocked because I'm thinking the time that we came here, There'd be plenty of parking for mm -hmm. what's going on in Vacaville, right? And there are a lot of people that are out searching for brunch places. Yeah. And this would be a place that we would come to. Yeah. And I've heard, I've seen like, um, my boss was telling me on um, one of the local Facebook pages, there was somebody saying, you know, that they wanted to start a local business and, and what should they do? And there's a, a, like over a hundred comments for breakfast, brunch spots. Right. So. So yeah, that's heavy on the breakfast and brunch. Yes. But a lot of places close earlier. We went to get well, bre get breakfast yesterday. Right. And yeah, most breakfast spots close like yeah. one thirty, two o'clock. I know. I know. And I guess maybe I'm one of those weird eaters. Like I could eat breakfast all day. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I've never. I'm like yeah. it could be midnight. I'm like, yeah, I, I can, I can I'll eat take a, a pancake. <laughs> pancake. That's fine. I will wake up early just for breakfast. So yeah. I'll be here for that menu. <laughs> when did you say the breakfast going to start? April 1st. April, April Fool's Day. Day. April Fool's Day, but it won't be a joke. Thank you. It won't be a joke. <laughs> be for real. It'd be for real, for real. Yeah, this, this is to die for. I'm pretending like this is Thanksgiving. It looks like Thanksgiving. It does. <laughs> you prepared a feast. We so appreciate this because... We weren't even expecting all of this. This is amazing. So I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if I did or not, what does leaving the bone, a long bone, have So the bone, with, um, the bone just keeps the meat juicy. Okay. So, so the bone, the bone is what allows that pork chop to hold, hold on to its, its flavor. So anytime that you take the bone out of the meat, mm -hmm. it just kind of, a, it takes away the fat content, so you're not getting, you know, as much as much fat in the meat. And B, um, I just find that bone in meat just tends to have more flavor mm. when it comes to pork chops. I mean, chicken, steak. I mean, it really doesn't matter. And the shells that you use, the macaroni, these are what type of noodle? Those are large shells. A large shells. Yeah, large shells. I think that makes a difference. If we make it at home, you don't have to chip switch. I like the large shells. Mm -hmm. um, when I do my baked mac and cheese, mm -hmm. like like Thanksgiving style, mm -hmm. I use a penne. A oh, penne? Okay. okay. Very good. How did you cook that uh, broccoli? 
That broccoli is It so is very well seasoned. Mm -hmm. I, I just put a little bit of salt and pepper and some butter and oil Did you grill it? and I pan sear it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just I just so put good. it on a on a sheet tray in, in the oven, let it warm up. We blanch it first though. Oh, oh you blanch it? Yes. Oh, what is blanch? I'm sorry. So blanching is basically a process um, where you like you take the broccoli and drop it in hot water and then immediately take it from the, the hot water and put it over ice. So it okay. like it basically it's like a par cook. Like you're partially cooking it so when it comes time to to actually cook it all the way, it won't take as a, a long of a process. That's a neat trick. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Me either. It is so I, good. I didn't know that. It's a tip. Over, like, interesting. So you blanch it in, in the water. Uh-huh. And then when you take it off, water. a pan off, uh -huh. you have to put it in under ice. ice. Under ice. Yeah. So you I, take the broccoli out and you put it immediately in huh. ice water. Just, stop just to cooking. stop the cooking what process. What am I just cooking? I've never, I, I missed that process. <laughs> and you know what else? It keeps the broccoli. That's the one thing. I mean, growing a you know in most of the kitchens they will cook the hell out of some vegetables yeah and that was so, always my pet peeve growing up my mom i would i will eat raw vegetables before i eat over steamed vegetables my mom would always get on me about that <laughs> no she's like she used to call me a rabbit because i used to i used to run around like my grandpa so when i was a kid my grandfather had a big retaining wall in the back of his property and like deers would come down so he would keep carrots and bread to feed to the deers mm -hmm. but i would just eat the carrots mm -hmm. just raw jumbo carrots you know i've always been a healthy kid so mm -hmm. i've always liked like you know vegetables i've never been i but i don't i never cared for steamed vegetables i don't like a steamed like vegetable lots. even still into I my adulthood like really like my vegetable gotta have some bite mm -hmm. i don't i don't want to cook all of the Nutrients. Yeah. The crunch. It's the crunch. It's the crunch. It's so the texture. When I cook, yeah, I I'll I'll blanch and then I'll just pan sear it, or I'll or I'll just roast them off in the oven. I think so. You do all vegetables. You blanch them and then cook them. Our broccoli and asparagus. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes a difference. Because that maybe made will make me like. If I was a kid, I probably would have appreciated them more if they were right. so mushy. Because mm -hmm. it would just boil them. Mm -hmm. and then just come over. Especially Brussels sprouts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Brussels sprouts. I didn't even eat until I was an adult. I I don't. I'm I'm a firm believer in fried Brussels sprouts. Fry them or put them on a sheet pan, roast them in the oven. That's how you mm -hmm. roast them in the oven. No, so when you say fry, well, what, can you explain that to me? Because I've never fried Brussels sprouts. I, roast, I roast so, them. So, heads up if you're going to okay. fry Brussels sprouts, okay. the oil pops a lot. Okay. So you're going to need to get something to cover your oil or, you know, okay. drop it and run. <laughs> but um, That's always been how I've done it. But, um, you so, don't season them. Do you season them first? The Brussels? Uh-huh. No. Okay. We just toss them in the fryer. Uh -huh. Um, then after they come out, I toss them with bacon, coarse sea salt, and Parmesan. Mm. Yeah. So could you do that? This is sort of off the script. I'm just trying to learn how to do that. Could you, would, could you get, do that in the air fryer? You absolutely could yeah. do that in the I air fryer. Kind of mm. in the air fryer, so we yeah. take them out and then base them at, after them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you good in the air fryer? I have. Okay. My mother, my mother loves Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. Love them. Me too. I now just, that I'm older, not when yeah. I was a kid. I usually just steam them, put them in a, in a uh, pot with just a little yeah. bit of water mm -hmm. and some butter. That's how I do it. See, I like I mine to have that crunch. I need the crisp. Yeah. I know. I'm from 74. They're good. But I, I like them like that. With a little bit of time, I go to a restaurant to have mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. firm. Yeah. They always seem to burn them. So yeah. I never order them when I go out hardly. Mm-hmm. But you get them when you come here. I will. <laughs> They're good deal. I'm trying to. I'm going to get a little more. I'm going to greedy. I love these apples. You're not being greedy. I want the apples. They're so good. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing. Like One time we, did, we had bought the Brussels sprouts on the long stock. Oh, yeah. To, um, Larry's years ago. And there's a bunch of fun stuff you can do with that stock, yeah, too. Yeah, we put it on the grill when we're camping. Yeah. It was, it was like heaven. I like what you refer to it as fun. She was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. And it just tastes Because when I think of cooking, if I'm being honest, a lot of the time I'll get home and I'm just like, I don't even want. I know. Yeah. yeah I don't even feel like it. Mm -hmm. When I get home, I'm like that. But when I get up and I leave home, I'm like, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited to, you know, get in the so kitchen. So you don't cook at home? No. 
Not really. I do. I cook at home probably like once a week. Quick stuff. Yeah. No, I'll do a full meal oh, once good. a week. Yeah. My my friends will come over Tuesdays, and my my and you know my boyfriend Tuesday maybe. Tuesdays when you're cooking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's What's that? That? What's that? What's that? About seven. What was that? <laughs> 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 door Tuesday at seven p.m. Probably be my broken this wine. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Make sure it's walking pool. Okay. <laughs> I actually went out to Camus yesterday, Friday. Oh yeah. I purchased four bottles of walking pools, and I was, you know, it was good. The new, the new vintage, the 2020, 2021 one. You know, she. I don't know. If it's okay. the new vintage or not? Because tastes, we were carrying it like the one I had here. Yeah, we were carrying the 2020. And uh, recently, when we just went up to Camus and our boss took us, he, we tried the, the new vintage, and they're very different. Oh, no. The, the, the one I had must be the older one, because it tasted like the glass of wine that I had here both mm -hmm. times I've been here. Mm -hmm. That's why I went out to Camus, because coming here and tasting the Camus wine here, yeah. I said, I'm going to go to Camus. Because someone suggested I go to um, Costco, because apparently they sell Camus at They Costco. do sell Camus mm -hmm. at Costco. But I don't, do they sell that one, that particular full one? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's called... Walking. The Walking Fool. Yeah, Walking, walking Fool. Mm -hmm. But they yep. do have it at some what I hear walking Shamar say. It's a, actually, it's years. an interesting story. Let me grab the okay. bottle. Cool. In 1881, my great-great-grandfather homesteaded on remote Howell Mountain in the Napa Valley, where he farmed and raised his family, walking to work at the wineries in the valley below a jovial man took on two monikers the jolly dutchman and most affectionately the walking fool oh. he has been he was keen of mind and often seen on foot on foot this label stems from a photo of johannes toting spring water at his mountain home the wooden yoke on his shoulder remains a treasured item in the hands of the family today. Wow. So that's, that's, well, that's that. him. I was just too busy drinking it to read that. Is that a white wine? Or <laughs> it's a red. It's a yeah, red. it's a cab sab. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's very good. It but yeah, it's delicious. It is so good. And I really like the story behind it. It was, it was really interesting getting to hear the story from uh -huh. their perspective of the sommelier at, at Camus. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's, yeah I, I didn't actually have that opportunity because I was just picking up some wine. Yeah. Like oh, okay. But I don't know if I had 2023 or 2022, you said, right? What year is that yeah, one? this is the 21. Yeah. And then we tried the 22. Maybe, I'll, you know, I'll have to go. I still have the bottle left. <laughs> one bottle. Uh, I'll, I'll see what's on the year on there. But it tastes like the one I had here, so yeah. it's good. How do you, do you do any wine pairing when you recommend gifts? Um, certain dishes, I said gifts, dishes. Yeah, so we do have certain wines that pair. I always recommend either the, the Behringer or the Walking Fool to go with a steak. I just feel like they're really good steak wines. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, the White Port that pairs excellently with the Bananas Foster, which I will be demonstrating for you guys a little bit later. Oh, my gosh. Um, Not the Foster. Yes, the Foster girl. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And just and just for you, I brought a I brought a creme brulee out too. Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. That pork chop is amazing. Everything yeah. is amazing. I that that well. Although I don't always eat pork, I would eat pork. Yeah. That is amazing. I'm not a, I'm not a much of a pork eater myself, but that if I was really to go that pork, it would be I'll that. I see why they come for that Wellington, because that is the most tender cut of meat. That's like a filet. Yeah, it is. It's a filet in there. That is a filet? Yeah. Oh, well, mm -hmm. that's why. Oh, so God. we sear off the whole tenderloin, and then we break it down. Okay. So, yeah. It is. That's amazing. And putting it in the pastry. And did you say there were mushrooms? What else? Yeah, so there? there's a mushroom duck cell. Yes. So basically, the duck cell is um, like a fine dice of the mushrooms that right, that's the that. moisture has been taken out of. So they're it's like that's a dry, dry diced mushroom. I see. And you make that dough? No, we don't make the puff pastry in house. But oh. We make the duck cell. Uh -huh. We sear off the tenderloin. And then you stuff it in the dough. Uh huh. Wow. That's so good. So in the, this cut, what, what kind of meat was this? So that's the New York. That's New York? Yes. Okay. It is a 10 ounce. It is the only steak that we pre-cut for you. So presentation-wise, I felt like, you know, okay. it, it looks good. So I wanted it to serve this okay. one to you guys. <laughs> All the presentation looks amazing. Always. Yeah. Always. And tastes amazing. Thank right. you very much. Yes. Thank I mean, you. 
I, re I was going to say, I remember the first thing that I had here. Which was? It was in December of 2022. Janelle and I came here, and we sat across the room there, and I said, I have to try the corn. The street corn. Yes. The street corn. Yeah. I, the street corn is super popular. People love the street corn. Much. That was everything. Yeah. A piece of corn on the cob. What is this? If you can share the secret. Um, well, the street corn, um, we roast it in the oven and then we coat it in butter. We put some tahini on there. Oh, tahini. Yes. That's what and, we, and we use co cojita cheese. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, not yeah. Parmesan. No, oh. people people mistake it for Parmesan. It looks like Parmesan, but oh, it's yeah. it's the Amazing. it's it's uh, basically like Parmesan's Mexican cousin. Yes. And what is it called again? I like Cojita. That. Cojita. Cojita. Um, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Oh, about this getting back to the New York. Yeah. What is the if you can share with us the seasoning in there? Because it's like tasting a spice, but I'm not sure that's what I think. So I finish all of our steaks with a little bit of truffle salt. Okay. So I think that's probably what you're picking up. It's very good. I'll have to get some of that personally for when I try to cook at home. Yeah, truffle's good. <laughs> Truffle salt's good with everything. I I have honestly said, you talk about um, cooking at home. Mm -hmm. Phyllis teases me and says, where are you? Are you at Moxie's? <laughs> there are days that Janelle, I said, you know what? I just want a banana foster. All right, let me go over here. I just want to get an order of the chicken marsala. I mean, Phyllis told me, don't you cook at home? <laughs> well, I do, but when you can just go there and just get it, you yeah. know, and then I justify it because I say it's so much. So the, the plates, the serving sizes are amazing mm -hmm. that you always leave home with a bag. Yeah. I mean, you leave to go home with a bag. And then I said, well, the next day I can eat it. So I've justified that was two meals that I had. <laughs> but uh, certainly it's, it, it's always a pleasure and to learn a bit about what you do. And, and I hope that you stay at Moxie and you're able to fulfill your dreams. Um, I think the catering and banquets would be something that I would like to host where you came in and, you know, prepared something for us. Mm hmm I hope that that's part of your menu and services as well. Because mm -hmm. I don't want you to leave. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Okay, so. <laughs> so when will the catering start again? Um, we, are, we are working on getting that rolling in the next few months. Oh. Um, we're, we're, focused on, we're focusing on getting our lunch and supper club started, yeah. and then we'll be transitioning into starting getting catering services. And one more question about the um, truffle salt. Mm -hmm. Can you get that anywhere? Um... Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of a specialty mm -hmm. type of thing. It would probably be more like a high-end or more type of... Okay. And you could make your own truffle salt. You could get... Girl, I'm just... I could. Okay, how do you make it? You, <laughs> <laughs> you could get some black truffles and literally just put them um, in, the, in the baking sheet. Like, they, you can get, okay. like, canned ones, oh. put them on a baking sheet uh, in the oven, like 200, okay. dry them out, um, and then just... Grind them down and mix them with salt. Mm. Nice, very good. Yeah. Oh, it's the full story of how my mom. Has. Oh, so I, it's relevant, but it gets deep. Okay, so well, I don't mind. Well, well it's up to her. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. want to. Oh, oh, you can stop at a certain point, or yeah, for Phil, you just say stop. Yeah, or just so oh, you just stop. My yeah. mom died from acute alcoholism, oh. so my mom was never a drinker. She never had like drinking problems growing up or anything like that. Um, but she witnessed her husband shoot himself oh, wow. like two years before she passed. Okay. So that happened and it was just kind of like a downward spiral for her. And like she started drinking, like had a total mechanism and like it just became too much for her and it just kinda of took over ultimately was advised her demise. But um, she was never, she never was a drinker, like, even, even, like, when she would drink, it was, like, she came home, like, wasted, um, Christmas party off of, like, Heineken. Mm -hmm. So she could, she had a very long time. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. But when you after you, and then when my stepdad died, she just, like, <coughs> was drinking all the time. Like, she's been whiskey in her heart, like.
it was just Probably like so. just self-medicating yeah yeah depression and mm -hmm. sadness wow because like that was i mean like that was super traumatic for her like you know she, yeah. she they they were going through a separation and like we're talking about like getting back together and like working things out and like the reason that the gun even came into conversation is because they had bought um matching like his and hers guns when we got the house that that um i was living in in vacaville mm -hmm. um but when he when they separated he took the guns he took like the fucking refrigerator the tv like he just took like a bunch of ridiculous things mm -hmm. so she was like you took she was like she was i mean he took the washer and dryer like it was just like petty you know mind you they separated because he cheated so like it was just it was drama mm -hmm. so she was like you know you took you took you know all this stuff you know you took our guns you left me with no way to protect our family because like even even his his sons because my mom has me and my sister and then she he had his, his own sons so they they would come around more after the fact of them separating than when he was around because he just was he had a drinking problem right. like always had a drinking problem he's so, military by chance yeah yeah mm -hmm. he's ex-military um so that the military trains them to drink yeah teaches them to drink mm -hmm. provides them alcohol even when they come in at 18 and 19 mm -hmm. years old even though they're not legally able to drink they still have access to the alcohol yeah and that's that's the same thing with my dad mm -hmm. he was he's a functional alcoholic but he has to have alcohol every day mm -hmm. and that that within itself is also a coping issue too mm -hmm. a black man in the military yeah so he was in the military his dad also was like he had a rough childhood his dad was abusive to him and to his mom and like you know not using that as an excuse but like he, he had a rough upbringing and he also used alcohol to cope and like taught my mom those same habits you know and then when she was going through you know what she went through she used alcohol to cope so you know as it's funny because phyllis and i had a moment the other day and we were talking about something and i said phil i feel like i failed because i didn't introduce my children to something right remember that conversation and she goes no I, sometimes i feel the same way and as a parent, you, you do the best you can with what you have, mm -hmm. what I know at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And no um, my, my parents sat me down. My dad used to tell me, oh, my God, you're drinking pina coladas at work. You never want to do that. They'll never take you seriously. Let me teach you how to drink a scotch. Let me teach you how to drink a gin and tonic. You see what I'm saying? Because he thought that that was the way to go to get promoted right. to be recognized because mm -hmm. all the boys did it. yeah exactly all the boys mucky mucks yeah that's what that's they, all they do. do is drink and, and then you and then you get to this point where we really didn't have a true understanding of the impacts of alcohol mm -hmm. right so then you get to a generation where i got a generation they don't even drink right somebody called it to my attention that i was drinking because i got a liquor for breakfast i got one for lunch for cocktail i got one in the evening before you go to bed and it's like why are you drinking like that oh i don't know i just thought that's what we were supposed to do yeah and so somebody stopped me you know what i mean before then mm -hmm. but the way you i'm going to bring this full circle take the alcohol and don't consume it but figured out a way to blow it off Mm -hmm. <laughs> to use it so that you can burn it off. There Hello. you go. <laughs> in the food. In the food yeah. that you prepared is another... I mean, I, I would constantly sit up there and come up with analogies to bring that out. And I hope you understand what I'm saying because sometimes you get in a situation you don't know why you're here mm -hmm. at this time, but it feels right, right? Yeah. So then, like, why am I doing that or why did I make that practice? And it could be that was your way of coping. Mm -hmm. Right, you didn't go to the bottle. Yeah, and um, she went to the cooking. She went yeah. to cooking. Yeah, she went to the cooking. And girl, you put your foot in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, anyway, from our from the worst of times can become the best of times for you if you look at it that way. Right. Fundamentally. Yeah. But I do understand why you thought it was morbid see i didn't think it is morbid 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's like a lot of it's a, the story so, has a lot of shock value to it. Like when I tell people, like, this is what I went through in 2021, they're like, oh my god, like I couldn't imagine. Like I'm so sorry. Like, right. and you know, my mom was 42 years old. Yeah, she was young. My mom had me when she was 19. Mm-hmm. So you Your know, sister's younger or older? My sister's younger than me. I'm the oldest mm-hmm. of all the siblings. So. Mm-hmm. Next of kin, she did not have a will, she did not have a trust, so I had to go through the whole probate process. Um, I had to go through the whole probate, I had to, you know, I had to do everything. I had to figure it out. And like, you know, I luckily I had the help of like my aunties and, you know, family members and things like that, but it was hard. It's a lot for it. It was it's hard. hard. It's hard for another. An adult, yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still hard, you know, like I manage, but, but, you know, it's still hard to this day. It's always going to take a toll. I mean, it's never, it's hard when you lose a parent at such a young age. That's what I was going to say, such a young age. It's hard for any age, but younger is harder. Janelle lost her dad, too. At 26, sad and over. Yeah, I was 24. My grandfather died, and they were a month apart. My grandfather passed away. And then a month later, it was my dad. And in December, it was his brother. And it was one family. Mm -hmm. And it's a similar situation where it was, I think we honestly believe he died from a broken heart because he and my grandpa supposedly were so close. Yeah. And so it's just, we take these things that we learn from our, it's, it was the one saying, and we were watching a show about it. And I really like the expression of it where you, um, I think he said, you take the meat, but you spit out the bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You take the good. You take the, the rain with the sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. You got to take a little rain with your sunshine. Right. It that's going to help you prosper and benefit in the long run. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that's dope that you utilize that and created literally all of your creations here. <laughs> right. That's awesome. I want to touch a little bit more about the prohibition aspect of the speakeasy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so the general theme here is post-prohibition, um, the speakeasy theme. Um, so during, this, during the, pro, uh, the post-prohibition times, so just before the Roaring Twenties and everything, um, I think for me it's interesting to see, you know, the contrast in, in, in where a woman like me would, would have been in the post-prohibition ages to, to now I'm running a kitchen that back then I probably would have never even been able to step foot in. So I think, I think that's, that's really interesting. And, it, and it's, a, it's a huge, it makes it, it makes it, it makes me more passionate about, you know, being here and, and being at Moxie and, and committing to, uh, to, the theme of, and the restaurant as a whole, so. That's true. That's what you're saying about the speakeasy. We had, um, there was an article that we read about um, African Americans. Mm-hmm. And during that period of time, Politico put that in. We were going to make sure that we put that at the end of our podcast for others to read. But from a historical perspective, when you start to think about the transition, um, you had mentioned early to us how it's important to be able to work hard. Mm-hmm. And in your early beginnings, you studied under different chefs. Yes. Um, some days working six days a week doing all of the meals mm-hmm. in order to prepare yourself. And I think that's such a good value to bring to our audience, and especially with your children, because there are a lot of, sh- I'm sure, up-and-coming chefs you know, that will follow in your footsteps. Yeah. But those little girls that are practicing in there, Maybe I'm dating myself. Your your easy bake ovens, your little kitchenette sets. You know, can say if I love cooking and love food, I can aspire to do what you're doing. Yeah. And knowing um, during the prohibition that the speakeasies, uh, Janelle and I spoke about that a little bit because my my grandfather uh, was very much involved in the transportation of liquor from Cuba into the United States during that time and really raised his family so that they had the income that they needed during that time because it was not easy to get jobs. And look at us now. You're opening up doors. Yeah. Um, opportunities for others that come behind you. And we just, from the Black Tea Podcast, would like to really thank you for providing an example of what true love of the art 
uh, true dedication through your work efforts would create the meal that, that we're about to have. And for that, I thank you and, and thank you for the dessert and everything that we've ever asked for. You brought it here. It's been fantastic. Thank mm -hmm. you, Kim. Thank you, guys. Thank I you. appreciate that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. world. Yeah. Honestly. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, they're taking so much out of the schools, you know, but they used to have homemaking. Yeah, culinary classes. Yeah. yeah. That young people could uh, take in school yeah. and learn, you know, how to cook. That's why I took my first classes in junior high school, you know. So mm -hmm. for you to be right here now at this stage, right. this time uh, in history, is wonderful. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. And, and actually, so I think they were talking about is reflecting um, what it's going to be a, such a great opportunity for me to share this particular podcast with my granddaughter, who's six years old, who, by the way, identifies herself as a foodie. Okay. And actually <laughs> does like to cook. So maybe, who knows, she could inspire that generation. Yeah, too. yeah. Maybe bring her down. I'll yeah. teach her how to do it. I might do that. But thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she would love that dish. She's uh, like her grandfather. She's a, uh, what do you call those people who like pyro? Pyro. Yeah. He's crazy. There is something about when he goes camping. We're all pyros here at Moxie. Yeah, we like that's what I picked out. Because when he goes camping and we have our campfires, it's like, what the hell? They put the gasoline on. And the, the grandkids are all in awe. So I have to bring her here just, just for, for that dish, if nothing else. Alright. She'll enjoy it. She'll have your macaroni and cheese. Yes. She loves macaroni and cheese. She'll like yours because it's yeah. off the chain. I make the kids one the same. Mm. They just don't know it because I don't put parsley. So there's no green stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same mac and cheese. I love that. <laughs> right. What is this? I just, I just ordered macaroni and cheese. Why is all this? Yeah. But yeah, but we came to a nice restaurant today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a fancy restaurant. So this is what happens at a fancy restaurant. There you go. Thank you, Chef. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're beautiful. See you guys. Thank you. Young, gifted, and black. Hello. Okay. That's right. what I like to hear. <laughs>